Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The theme for this sermon is the wound of denial. And it is recorded in Matthew chapter 26, beginning at verse 69. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, creator and preserver of all things, we come before your throne of grace on behalf of our families and friends, ourselves and all in our world, who feel the fear of contracting a new disease that is spreading quickly. Strengthen our bodies and spirits that we might be spared this sickness. Give wisdom and knowledge to doctors, nurses, and all who provide care for the sick and suffering, as well as to our world's leaders who bear responsibility for their citizens. If it is your will, heal those who are suffering from infection and bring the spread of this virus to a swift end. Throughout all days of trial, remind us of your great love and the forgiveness and salvation earned for us by your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. There was a French tightrope walker in the 1800s by the name of Charles Blondin. And he did the most amazing tightrope stunts. Uh, one of Blondin's most famous performances was when he walked on a tightrope over Niagara Falls on a rope a quarter mile long and 160 feet above the water. Charles Blondin walked across the tightrope on stilts, blindfolded, going backwards, and even while cooking an omelet with an oven in the air. As if all that wasn't enough, he upped the excitement by walking the rope while pushing a wheelbarrow across it. He did it. Upon his success, Blondin asked the crowd if they thought he could cross the tightrope while carrying a person across it in the wheelbarrow. They all shouted emphatically, Yes, of course you can do it. Then he asked the crowd, Who will get in the wheelbarrow? But no one did. How a person's faith can change when it goes from mere talk to reality. It was easy for those crowds to have faith in that tightrope artist, Charles Blondin, from the safety of the ground, but to actually trust him when it was their lives on that wire, their actions denied whatever faith they claimed to have. When it came to how much faith he had, Peter had a similar reaction to this crowd watching the tightrope act. He saw Jesus do the most amazing things right before his eyes. He was a disciple of the Son of God. He spoke so boldly about defending Jesus, saying he would die for his Lord. But all it would take was a simple question, whether or not he was a disciple of Jesus, that would silence his faith. Today we look at the wound of denial how Peter denied his Lord, and how we do the same. 
but we also see Jesus' compassionate response. He restored Peter's faith, just as he does for you and me. Peter was an impulsive disciple who would often shoot from the hip. In other words, he would speak and act hastily, not always considering carefully what he was doing. Remember, this was the same Peter that walked on water with Jesus. The Peter who saw Jesus transfigured in glory. The one so bold the night of Jesus' capture that he was ready to fight. But just a simple question brought Peter to his lowest of lows. Jesus was in court facing a trial before Caiaphas, the high priest, and the council. Peter, though, was following at a distance. It's a bit ironic how this whole time Peter was warming himself by the fire when spiritually his faith was being put to the flame. Peter had three chances to bear witness to Christ. He had three times to confess his faith. He had two different servants ask him about Christ, and then more bystanders asked him a third time if he was a disciple. But Peter denied Jesus all three times. Instead, he swore and cursed against the very Savior he was a disciple of that came to save him. A rooster crowed immediately, just as Jesus had predicted. Then he remembered what Jesus had said, and he wept bitterly. Peter, whose name meant rock, had just hit rock bottom. Do you see yourself in Peter? Do you find a similar boldness to confess your faith when your life isn't on the line? In our nation, we have been blessed with the freedom to worship safely. We don't have to worship in secret or face being physically persecuted like some of our brothers and sisters in the faith across the world. But in turn, we can get so spoiled. Publicly, we may not deny our faith in Christ, but often we don't confess it either. We hide it. We may feel too embarrassed to pray in public. We talk more about the weather than our faith. We can sheepishly let the fear of being ridiculed, the fear of confrontation, the fear of being persecuted, even the fear of death get in the way. And we endanger our faith because of that. Just like Peter, we can be so overcome by fear that our faith shrinks. Yet Jesus didn't let the fear of death stop him from his love for sinful humankind. He came to defeat death. Jesus' love for sinners like you and me moved him to the cross for all people. Jesus walked the tightrope of a perfect, flawless life. From his first breath to his last, Jesus walked in God's commandments perfectly and never fell to temptations. Even when it grew hard, when the crowds that had cheered him started to mock him, even when his disciples abandoned him and Peter, his close disciple, denied him, Jesus kept going. When it came to facing a trial and sentencing to death, Jesus didn't deny who he was to save his life as the Son of God. He didn't deny being our Savior, even when that rope led him to the fires of hell. Jesus stared down death and hell. He suffered for the sins of the world because he knew he would conquer them. He would come across the tomb three days later victorious, and he did it all for us. Through Jesus' perfect life and innocent death, our relationship to God has been restored. I've seen some restoration projects where a mechanic takes an old classic car and brings it back to life. To the average person, it's just a dead old rusty car that doesn't run. 
an eyesore that looks like nothing more than a pile of scrap metal. And yet, in the right hands, that seemingly worthless vehicle can be restored back to life. With love and some elbow grease, that car can look even better when it was on the showroom floor. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you and I are a lot like that rusty vehicle. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, yet God has restored us back to life. Ephesians 2 verses 4 and 5 declares, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Peter was also restored. After Jesus rose, he asked his disciple three times if he loved him. And Peter replied all three times, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Peter would go on to feed Jesus' sheep as an apostle and evangelist, as well as by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right part of the New Testament. Peter would also face martyrdom by crucifixion. According to tradition, Peter wanted to be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die the same way his Lord did. He knew death wouldn't get the final word. Jesus did. He had a life awaiting him in heaven. Similarly, in our baptism, our old sinful flesh was crucified with Christ. There, all the works and allegiance to the devil, world, and our own sinful flesh were deprived of their dominion over us. Our old sinful flesh needed to be turned upside down and crucified. But God also brought us life. In baptism, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit washed away all our sins and created faith that believes in Jesus. God restored us from spiritual death to spiritual life, and our faith is strengthened each time we return to our baptism. When we confess our sins and turn to Jesus' forgiveness, we are returning to our baptism. We're putting off our old self and putting on the new self we have in Christ. Christ Jesus is our shepherd and our guardian who owns us. He has restored us from death to life. No fear, no sin, not even death can deny us of this fact. So we can boldly pray as verse 5 of the hymn, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, says, My shepherd now receive me, my guardian own me thine. Great blessings thou didst give me, O source of gifts divine. Thy lips have often fed me with milk and sweetest food. Thy spirit oft has led me to stores of heavenly good. Amen.